automation worked correctly. I might not be Fred McMurray anymore, but for the show, we'll assume I am. So it's Thursday, 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this really, really should be. Happy Friday Eve. And oh my gosh, it's the first week of December. Yeah, how'd that happen? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I just know that I missed September and October and November in terms of getting shopping done. Yeah, absolutely me too. I'm not I'm not on top of it. To vote on those. Yeah, but I am excited about today's show. If you are new here, we are franchising. Oh. With Kristen Shalmetsi, our fearless leader, I'm Elizabeth Dunham, and we have a jam-packed show today. Oh my gosh, I don't think we've had this many guests in quite some time, or this much information to share. So we better get started. Yeah, so what's the word on the street, lady? Oh my gosh, we have so much fun coming up. You know, we have recently um, been hugely involved with the Titus Center. And um, we are now going to um, attend, I get to go down and attend and help out um, the round table at the franchise boot camp, um, selling franchises. And I'm super, super excited. We're going down in January and they have some pretty amazing keynote speakers. There's a packed agenda for two days, um, starting on January 19th and 20th. And uh, all kinds of great people that are going to be down there. We're going to be doing some live reporting from there. And uh, it's going to be a great time. We can't wait to share what we've learned down there. Everything from how to scale your franchise, how to get through barriers in growth in your franchise system, how to use technology to track and optimize the buyer's journey, which I think is really awesome. Um, all kinds of different stuff. There's a uh, uh, Kayla Ryan, we met her last time we were down there. She's with Marketing. Uh, Michael Mudd, who's the CEO and partner of Brand One Franchise Development. Uh, Dan Monahan, I hope I'm saying that. Monahan, CEO, founder of Clear Summit Group, and we know that we're going to run into some red, some of the red Boswell action down there. With, uh, from <laughs> we yeah. always see red. Well, and it's, it's exciting. It's going to come on the heels of us going down there next week to do some reporting for the franchise hot seat, which yeah. is very exciting. And then, you know, with all of this relationship building we've been doing with them, they've invited you to host roundtable as well. So that's still in the formative planning stages, right? We don't have your topic quite yet. Yeah, we've been shooting ideas back and forth. And I'm super excited because I really want to talk about um, – the why, why people decide to get out of their corporate jobs, or why, as we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, the second generation of people whose parents own franchises, why they decide to follow that path. 
So what is it about franchising that continues to draw interest from folks and uh, what it is that helps us continue to build generational wealth um, generation after generation? So yeah, I like it. And I think it's a great topic in terms of selling, because when you understand where people are coming from, then you're better able to help them find exactly the right place in the franchising world. Yeah, so absolutely. that is exciting news. Um, so if you're interested in the boot camp, it is January. Somebody is playing a lot of music in my house. Please excuse me. January 19th and 20th. Um, if you register before December 16th, you get a $150 discount. Um, right, all you right. have to do is go to TitusCenter.com and look for their boot camp. Um, and before we get into the show, if you would like to call in, we do have a lot of great guests today. We've got Serena Close from Shelf Genie, and then we've got three second-generation franchisees from Great Clips um, that Jerry Akers brought on board to discuss second-generation franchising. So if you have questions around these topics or with these guests, you can call us at 323-580-5755. Yes, and, and with that, we do have to give a shout-out to Stanry just because yeah. that poor gal, Jerry's daughter was supposed to be with us today, and she is sick as a dog. Yeah, uh, family's going through it. Yeah, thanks to her husband and kids, who they all just love to share. The poor lady is, is not going to be able to join us today, but we are thinking about you, Sam, and you will be missed. We're sending everybody our way. She <laughs> helped us gather these great, great clips of people, she and her dad, so. Absolutely. And so with that, we are going to be uh, this month, as we mentioned last week, starting the gift that keeps on giving. And with that, we're talking about second generation franchising this month. So we hope that you'll continue to join us again here on Pillars of Franchising. And with that, Jerry. Kristen, how are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I'm always on an airplane lately. I feel like I'm trying to catch up to you. Well, as you can see, I'm doing this from the truck again because, you know, this is my office. I do this quite often. So you and I share the same life, just different modes of transportation. Right, right. And Serena, I'm so excited to finally meet you. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Yeah, and it's exciting to know that you're one of my neighbors, as in literally and figuratively, right? So not too far from home. And you have to be a neighborly brand. Oh. <laughs> Aww. So, Serena, could you take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers and tell us a little bit about yourself and Shelf Genie? I can. Um, my name is Serena Close. I work for a wonderful company with a neighborly brand. That company is Shelf Genie. Been around a long time, over 23 years. Um, I've been with the company side by side for a little bit over 10 years. I started 10 years ago as a 1099 contractor doing nothing but design work. Um, shortly, short period after, I would say about 2015, I then started helping train and recruit and grow um, my Chicago market. Um, I have a very big, loud mouth. So when I told everybody, hey, here's some things that you guys are missing the boat on, they said, congratulations, why don't you fix those, Serena? <laughs> That's what I did. I did that for the next three years, and then I repeated it in a different market, a Maryland market. And then in 2018, I started onboarding all of our Shelf Genie franchise owners. So they've all been onboarded from myself. Awesome. And then in 2021, I got this incredible experience. This is when we were um, 
taken on and we became part of the Neighborly brand. And then I became a franchise business coach. And um, full circle, I then retook corporate markets back over again. I apologize. My dogs are wanting to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> I'm chiming in a bit. And now I'm also doing back right where I started with these additional um, responsibilities I'm designing again. Um, okay. And I'm still training my franchise owners. But I think my favorite part of it all is I get to do exactly what I'm teaching everybody else what to do mm -hmm. um, as far as marketing goes and recruiting and training. So it's been a big game changer for myself because yeah. I'm walking in their shoes. In theory, uh, sure. realistically, everything I'm saying, I'm out there doing. Um, so awesome. it helps. I get I get trust knowing that I'm not just pointing my teeth you know, my little finger and saying, do all of this and I'm not going to do any of it. Right. I'm seeing it side by side with them. So essentially you're, you're still, you, you may be being compensated by, by the franchisor, but you're running a location just as you would if you were a franchisee. Yes, ma'am. I'm running two locations. Nice. So you're like a multi-unit franchisee, like Jerry and I, which is great. And tell us, what is your what is your favorite thing about Shelf Genie? Because a lot of people may or may not know about Shelf Genie because um, not all markets have your brand yet, right? We're still looking yes, at yes, agreed. Um, I would say hands down, my favorite thing about Shelf Genie is, um, in a, it's equally in parallel, running with the same is just as many of the clients that I go and see. They have specific problems in specific scenarios, and every one of them think and function differently. And this is equal to my franchise business owners. Not any of them are either, they're not the same either. They come from different walks of life. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. And so just like my design in Shelf Genie, where we do custom pull-out shelves for your existing space, so many cannot envision it. So when I say, you know, when you drop your knee on the ground and you go way into the back of your cabinet, we get rid of that problem for you. We put the pull out in the cabinet so that everything comes out to you. So it's access and less frustration is everything we put on. But and we go you, as designers you, to the home. Oh, I'm so sorry, Kristen. No, once you have those, you never want to give them up. That's right. If it's those pots and pans, cupboards that you love because they hold so much stuff, but then when you go in there and there's stuff that you haven't used for years, and the reason you haven't used it is because you can't get to it, right? That's right. Pots and, and pans. And I'll tell you, Tupperware. Yeah. Once you once you get those things, those pullouts and so on, you can't live without them. You you when you're somewhere else in somebody else's kitchen and they're not there, you are frustrated to no end. So. You have such a great product, and it fills such a great place in our homes. It's phenomenal. Thank yeah. you, Now, you don't, these are not systems just for the kitchen, though, right? I, I think I was talking with Scott, and you can use these in other areas of your home as well. You can use them in your pantry. You can use them in your bathroom. I love to highlight it's the same heavy-duty rail that fully extends that's in this bright red shiny toolbox that men love, that men and women love to keep their tools in, in the garage. Uh -huh. So as long as there is, a, we can put these pull-out shelves. 
Nice. Now, Serena, I want to get into the business side of it for a minute, okay? Because, sure. you know, this show is primarily for franchisees and people considering being a franchisee. Now, you were uh, one of those companies that became part of the neighborly group. And many franchisees or prospective franchisees worry because that happens a lot in the world today, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about your experience of becoming a part of Neighborly. And, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but hopefully some positive things that came out of that for you as well as franchisees. Yeah, wonderful things came from it. I will tell you this. Um, the fact that we get so many other neighbors that now we have feedback, um, we have this you have clients, I have clients, hey, let's share these clients mm-hmm. and help keep our marketing costs down. That right there alone is a game changer. To have people that you can rely on to do home shows and events, game changer. And yeah. I think Shogini has always stood out in the fact where it's custom, not only our product, but our model is custom as well where every person that's looking to buy a franchise is doing it for their own reason, and they all come in with a different why. And that why could be, I'm just tired of corporate life. I want to do my own thing. I want to be um, the hustler and the owner and own all of the positives that are coming my way because I put in so much hard work and effort. I want to be the one that gets everything from that corporate boss right? Mm-hmm. And I think in the shelf genie world, we have so many different walks of life as a system, as a whole. We are a big power team because there is such a vast variety of talents that we have in our system. It, that by itself is game changing. And can you tell us how that works? Um, obviously, you have territory. So if somebody were looking, you know, we briefly talked about a, a, like the metropolitan Chicago type area, right? And these are huge metropolitan areas. How do you work your territories and, and what kinds of costs should somebody be thinking about um, if they were looking to open a shelf chain? That's a really good question. And it would depend on what area you're looking in, mm-hmm. um, if somebody has been there before or not. Are you looking to purchase two territories? Are you looking to purchase four territories? There, of course, is this great application process where just because you have money doesn't mean that you automatically get gifted a franchise. We have to like you just as well as make a good fit. We have to be good business partners. Um, And it's an investment. And it's an investment that we sell from the beginning that is a hands-on investment. We Mm -hmm. never will encourage anybody to work in the business, right? We always want them to work on the business so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing for their business and bring more appointments and more customers and more leads. But in in everything I said, I think think the biggest reason is their why, and Mm -hmm. that's what we really pound down to. Is it a right fit because you have the right why? Um, we're not money driven by course, but everybody has bills to pay. Sure. And the biggest thing about us is many, many companies suffer through COVID and through the bad times. Yep. And we actually have record breaking numbers through the time period that most people struggle. Our folks were looking in their homes and they were forced. These people that never cooked before, they're cooking yep. today. That's um, right. 
you know, projects on top of projects on top of projects. So we didn't die. We didn't die. We didn't fizzle. We thrived through mm -hmm. where most people did not. And I'm sorry for those that didn't, but we just got lucky, not lucky. We, 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 we rose to the top because we do what we do and we focus sure. on what we focus on. Okay. I have a couple questions for you that rolled in from online one. So what does one territory cost? Approximately, I know it probably depends on the size of the territory, but can you give me a rough estimate? And I am so sorry, um, but I don't want to give any bad information. But what I will tell you is that I definitely can connect anybody that is interested with more information to my mm -hmm. franchise and development team. Okay. Just so I can ensure I'm not giving you bad information. Okay, excellent. And in the meantime, I'll see what I can find on here for us. And the second question is, um, from Ann Arbor, what insurance policies are needed with Shelf Genie? And is this Ann Arbor coming specifically from Michigan, correct? Is that a Michigan? It is. Yeah. And I have to be careful because every state has their own regulations and their okay. own policies. Um, but from a, a compliance, we'll call it insurance minimum requirement, mm -hmm. um, we, of course, have a, a $2 million G&L policy. We do yep. workman's comp. We also have auto coverage, fully insured, all insured. Um, we have a subrogation that there needs to be a release to. And mm -hmm. what am I missing? I am missing cyber. Cyber is a new one. Not many people like to add this policy, but in today's yep. society, it's super important to protect yourself and your business. Okay. Serena. So and... Oh, go ahead. No, please, Jerry. Please go ahead. Serena, you know, um, you may have territories that are sold out. You may have territories that you're not looking for people. So can you give our listeners uh, a little guidance as to where maybe you are really interested in adding some people? Yeah, Chicago. Let's not forget good old Chicago. Let's put that first on our list. Um, we have territories in New York that are for sale, the North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Arizona. Um, we have Seattle, not specifically Seattle, um, in the Washington region, I should say, Seattle already taken. Um, we have Oregon, Nevada, California. The list goes on. We have 66 new owners right now um, in looking to increase that number of courts. I do. Well, have you've got, you've got a lot of open territory yet, and some of that is sure. just really phenomenal markets. So, uh, it sounds like maybe a great time for people to investigate. I do want to. Open space. I yeah. do want to uh, let you know we've got owner operator franchise initial franchise fee uh, is twenty nine five. However, uh, on item seven, there's also initial franchise fee listed for sixty nine five. I would say that sixty nine five sounds um, more adequate, and that is for households over. Uh, looks like for households over 250,000 up to a total of 375,000 households. So that looks to be the more feasible territory. So I would plan on it being approximately $69,000 for a franchise fee. Um, and that's for their item seven. And so currently today we're selling each one of our territories at 125,000 households. So I'm not sure what you're looking at right now, Kristen, but I just want to make sure that I yeah, bring that up. Yeah, this is your FDD. This is your FDD and your item seven. So, um, so there is a difference. 
there is a difference. Um, that fee would be, I would guess, substantially less for 125000 as opposed to the number that Kristen threw out. So we yeah. want our listeners to understand that they need to research it and figure out what their territory looks like. The pricing will probably be different based on population and so on. So um, yeah, and you, you do have a franchise fee, Jerry, and then you have often, like with my neighborly brand, you have a franchise fee, and then you have an additional fee based on how many households you have. So in this Got particular it. case, you have an actual or estimated amount estimated 29.5 based on 150,000 households. So again, if they've changed and they're awarding at 125,000, because I know that this brand has a lot of, um, I'm going to call it um, recalculation going on right now in terms of how they estimate their um, household counts. That could be why these numbers seem to be a bit different, but certainly uh, work with a consultant, get the latest and greatest FDD. And this is why we say due diligence is so very important. So I can tell you this, I love what I'm hearing, Serena, about, I mean, first off, you're part of Neighborly and that's such a solid brand. If I knew nothing about your brand, I would feel comfortable with it. Now that I know okay. something about your brand, Again, it expands on that. Lots of territories out there. Uh, the pricing seems very realistic. Uh, definitely, definitely those are things that are continuing to grow in uh, people wanting them and trying to use them in their, in their uh, not just their homes, but their businesses as well. So I would tell you, if there's somebody out there thinking about something like this, I would, I would say, talk to Shelf Genie and, and see if it's a fit for you because it sounds amazing. Yeah, and the continued service that you get from people like you, Serena, out there in the field doing the job, those are things that you can't measure, right? And and often the first few years that people really need help, having somebody that's walking the talk every single day, again, you can't place a dollar value to that. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. And I hope that you come back and see us again. And I'm very excited to run over to Elgin and find you one of these days and actually take a look. One thing we didn't talk about, and I want to make sure we do briefly, um, is is there an inventory or anything that you have to carry at Shelton? It is not. It is it is very low overhead. We don't do stores. We don't have a mass unit of vehicles that you need to purchase. It is your own vehicle that you do have to have a shelf teeny wrap. We work from our home and we don't have any product until we build it. It is our designers that are out there designing it with the client in their home, in the problem space at their kitchen table. It is not a one size fits all product. That is where we shine. It's specifically built and designed to your needs your function and your cabinets or your space. And then we build it and then it is shipped and then it's installed. Awesome. I need to get me some self genie. Self genie is gonna save my back and my legs, let me tell you. What are you doing next Wednesday at 10, Kristen? (laughs) Well, if it's not a Thursday, I'm available. (laughs) We'll connect. Thank you very much for the invite. I truly appreciate it. Jerry, it was very nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, Serena. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You as well. Thank you. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? 
Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westbine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westbine with a Y dot com. Kristen, you are muted. I unmuted and you forgot I am in heaven. Well, I did try to unmute Jerry, but then I was also sending a message. But what (laughs) I was trying to say is, look, we have a party going on. And I'll tell you, these are great partiers. I want to tell you right now, the second generation of Great Clips knows how to party. I bet. I secretly want to be like a plus one at your next convention because I want to hang out with the younger people and see like what really goes on. Would you uh, guys allow me to do that? Of course. Oh, Betsy's on mute. Sing it, Betsy. Absolutely, Kristen. <laughs> now, as I shared earlier, Kristen, I'm really good friends with Betsy and her husband. And if Betsy's husband saw this, he'd have been excited that she was on mute. I just want to tell you. <laughs> Well, I think, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, so I'm so excited because, you know, normally Jerry's daughter, Sam, has, has been on a couple of times when we talk about second generation. And obviously we mentioned that this is about the gift that keeps on giving. And, and really, you know, when we talk to clients about um, why they want to go into business for themselves, why they're looking at franchising, you know, one of the second or third questions I ask is, well, what do you do when you want to get out? Where, what do you, you know, what's your exit strategy? And um, it's usually, well, I either want to sell or I want to pass it down to my kids. So I'm really curious, all three of you now, we have Betsy. And can you tell us where you're at, Betsy? Everybody on mute. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am in a a north suburb of Atlanta in Canton, Georgia. Okay, excellent. And Trey? I am in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, just south of there. Okay, and Alex? Cleveland, Ohio. Awesome. So let's start with you, Betsy, because it's ladies first. Tell me, just briefly, tell our listeners how you got involved in your parents' business, how long you've been in, and how many locations you have. Okay, so we are in Atlanta. We have 13 locations. At the most, we've had at one time was 18. Um, Unfortunately, after COVID, we did have 15 prior to COVID, and then we closed two locations, so now we have 13. Um, I was born actually in Edina, Minnesota, where the corporate office of Great Clips is. Uh, My dad was a CPA up in Minneapolis, and uh, the two gentlemen that started the company uh, somewhat kind of got to know my dad, and he got interested in it, and the only option was, uh, one of the three options was Atlanta, Georgia, and we were in Minnesota, so we decided Georgia. I've grown up in in the business. Uh, We opened our first location in 1985. Um, and I've just, you know, started as a receptionist in middle school and high school and to get into the business, uh, one of my, uh, parents requirements was I go to get my degree, um, at college. 
and I've just kind of worked my way up. My mom passed away 13 years ago and I became my dad's partner. So that's, that's awesome. how, that's the story. <laughs> awesome. And do you regret it? Is there anything about that that you regret? Uh, depends on the day. Okay. <laughs> that's honest. Uh, no, it's actually, I've been very happy. I've been very blessed because I do have two children. Um, and I'm able to, I was able to be like the team mom and the room mom and go on field trips. So there's definitely pros, but there's also cons. My phone rings all the time, you know, sure. doesn't, doesn't matter what the day, doesn't matter what the time I'm on call. So, but there's yeah. pros and cons to everything. Okay. Awesome. Alex, let's go to you. How about you? Yeah. So, um, I got involved back in 2014. Um, at that time, I'd spent about uh, two years in banking. Um, my mother had opened seven salons and uh, two restaurant franchises, and it was just getting to be a little bit much for her. Um, while we still saw opportunities for growth, uh, she said, I'm not going to be able to do this uh, without a little extra help. Um, so at that time, my dad and I uh, got involved uh, in the business. He had always had somewhat of a role, but never uh, uh, as a day-to-day, -day, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so we got involved then. Since then, we've opened up uh, or acquired another 18 salons wow. for a total of 25 in, uh, in the greater Cleveland area, as well as uh, Orlando area and the east coast of Florida. Holy cow. So you have them up north and down south. Correct. And does she still have her restaurants, too? Uh, no. No, we exited that business. Okay. Very good. Okay, well, that's pretty challenging. And do you have any days that you regret doing what you did? No, not at all. It's 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 been the best decision I ever made. It's, there's challenges certainly, but you'll have that with any job. It's yeah. awesome to get to work with my side by side with my folks every day. You know, I get to see my parents a lot more than a lot of people most yeah. days. That's a great thing. Um, <laughs> so, no regrets at all. Okay, good. Because you you got to take you got to kind of feel the water in banking, right? Yeah. Good. Okay. We'll go back to that. And, and Trey, how about you? So um, my story is a little bit different, but also similar in ways. So um, my dad opened our first salon in 2003. I'm actually sitting like a half mile from that salon. So it is right uh, across the street from me, basically. So um, I haven't gone far. Um, so <laughs> 2003, he opened one. He's, uh, acquired and opened and got up to 12 and then uh, in 2017 I was living in Greenville South Carolina um, uh -huh. and so we bought three stores together in that market so um, I think I got in a little bit differently than most people we acquired stores together instead of me joining the business um, that he already had established um, so we have two separate companies but we we kind of operate as one um, and I was, I went to Clemson, graduated in 14, and then um, was out kind of like Alex on my own, trying to find my own way for a couple of years. And um, we sat down at dinner one night and he's like, I want you to come work for me. Um, you know, I think we could grow this and um, I think you would really enjoy it. And I had kind of bounced around. I worked in retail a little bit uh, and I hated that. Um, I did sales for a little bit. I had a really terrible manager. Um, so I, I I didn't quit my job. I quit my manager um, yeah. and went went to work with my dad. And, um, there's been some tough days, no doubt. Um, 
I wouldn't say there's been days that I regretted it, but there's definitely been some really challenging days, especially the last three years. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of late nights, a lot of tough decisions. Um, we had to close one store as well. We've got another potential COVID casualty that we're hoping we can get reopened soon. But, um, you know, uh, I don't regret the decision to get involved with the business. It's awesome getting to spend a lot of time with my dad and um, getting to work alongside him and see um, what he's invested 20 years of his life into. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, I've got an interesting spin on this that I want to bring out right now again, because remember, I know all the players in this situation, right? Now, Betsy's in a unique position because she was involved from when she was very young and she, uh, you know, with her mother passing, that probably helped accelerate some of the involvement and so on. Uh, but these other two, they fall right into kind of my part of the world because um, I talked to their dads about them becoming part of Great Clips because the first generation has as many, if not more, concerns about bringing their children in sometimes than the yeah. second generation does about coming in. So yeah. it's interesting for me, uh, having watched these two, but many others, that I was talking to their family about them coming in uh, because the parents always want to know how you did it and how did it work and do you have any regrets and some of those kinds of questions, like what you're asking these fine young people, Kristen. But, uh, but I can tell you, uh, I can't think of a single situation over the years where the parents haven't been just as excited or even more excited once it started moving forward that yeah. they made that decision. So I want these three to talk a little bit about their parents and what's changed with their parents' lives having the second generation involved. So let, let's reverse the order this time. So we'll go Trey, Alex, and Betsy and see how it comes out. Go, Trey. So you're asking how my dad's life has changed since I got involved? Yeah. Basically. Oh, his, his life is so much better now, for sure, <laughs> in every way possible. Um, no, I, I mean, um, I think there's days where he really enjoys having me in the business, uh, and there's days where, um, where he probably wouldn't mind if I wasn't there because I, I like to challenge him on things. Um, and he's not really used to that in the great clips world, um, because he was the lone man at the top for a while. And, um, so having someone there to challenge him doesn't always, you know, suit his fancy, but, um, I, I think it's good for him. Um, and I think if you asked him, hopefully he would say that he really enjoys having me. Um, you know, my, my goal since getting involved is to, to make all of our processes more efficient, make us a more efficient business so that we can grow. Cause. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of at a point where you can do things manually, um, but it takes a lot of time. But if we ever want to grow and acquire more salons and become like you two big dogs, you and Alex, and have 20-plus salons, um, you know, we would need to become more efficient. Uh, and so, you know, my first task was getting rid of fax machines. Um, <laughs> you know, ho hopefully there's some listeners out there that don't know what fax machines are. If you don't, you know, God bless you. That's great. Uh, if you know what a fax machine is, I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, his life has become a little bit more easy with me there to kind of take on some of the, the challenges uh, and the inefficiencies in the business for him and let him focus on some of the bigger picture stuff uh, and get more involved in the operation side, which, which he didn't really have a chance to be involved in previously. Well, I'll interrupt before Alex pitches in and tell you, I would say that situation as far as pushing your parents happens in almost every one of these situations. I'm anxious to see what the others think. 
But you know my daughters. If you don't think they push my buttons through this process, you are grossly mistaken and are still pushing my buttons. So we've all lived that just a little bit, Trey. Yeah. Alex, what do you have to add? Well, Jerry, I'll say um, we meet once a year as a group just to storm new ways to push your buttons. So it's, it's part of, part of our meeting. Now, I'm going to be a part of that meeting. I need to join that meeting. That meeting's actually anyone can get in if they just pick up a bar tab. So yeah. you can talk awesome. more about that, awesome. that later. <laughs> um, but I'd say uh, what's changed for my folks, um, a lot of uh, we were able to divide up roles. They were able to focus on things that they enjoy doing or more so give me the things that they didn't like doing. <laughs> um, it also helped free up a lot of time um, for us to focus on our, on our growth strategy. Um, whether it's finding new locations or negotiating purchases of salons uh, and things that we really just didn't have the time to do when, we're, when everyone was in the weeds of the business every day. So that's where it's really helped and changed things for us. Well, and your growth during that time is a great example of how that all worked out. So kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Thanks. All right, Betsy, you're up. Um, I was just, my dad has always been behind the scenes. My mom was more, um, in front of the scenes, operations, dealing with employees. So I really transitioned. I was a general manager for about 10 years before I became a franchisee. So I've always been in the salons. Um, I've definitely taken a lot of responsibility off my dad's plate. And it's very interesting because I would encourage having conversations when we have our meetings with our Gen 2s. I always tell them, like, sit down and have the hard conversations. And to this day, I still find out on a daily basis of things that he's wanting me to do. Um, you know, if there's a workman's comp situation that comes up, he's like, oh, here's, here's the number, here's the person to call. So I've definitely taken a lot of things off of this plate, um, but I, I love doing that. I want him to feel comfort. I want him to feel secure and happy seeing the reins slowly come over to me. Even though I do about 95% of everything, he's Bill can come in at any time, and I sit back and respectfully listen. But we have a really good working relationship. Um, I say it's important to have a yin and a yang. I know what his strengths are. I know what his weaknesses are. And I think we're a really good, solid team. But, um, yeah, he's definitely – and he's worked his entire life. I want him to go and enjoy his life as much as he wants. <laughs> so I'm good with that. Well, I got two quick things, and then I'll turn it back to you, Kristen, for your next question. But, sure. Betsy, could you talk to my daughters about wanting their dad to be happy and contented and all that? Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe that would be a positive thing. Oh, oh God, hell you know, no. You know you've got good girls. They want the best for you. <laughs> they are the best. And uh, I'll touch on uh, kind of all of you to some extent because uh, I can speak from our experience. I know Alex has lived it. I think the other two are, have lived it at some point. Um, growth and uh, kind of solidarity becomes much easier when you bring in the second generation. And, and yes, uh, as Trey mentioned, there may be days that are not a lot of fun between parents. And um, I guarantee you there are days when kids think maybe they made a different, well, should have made a different decision. Parents think the same thing. But on all, you know, when you look at the big picture, I think everybody's on board that this is the best thing for the organization moving forward. I know in our situation, um, our daughters look at things differently than we do, and that's a positive thing. Uh, they're closer to the age of our employees in most cases, so there's some, yeah. some things there that really work out. And uh, Kristen, you touched on it early on. We love the fact that we created not only 
generational wealth and a chance for our kids and perhaps our grandkids to move forward with what we started way back in the day. Uh, but that also they've grown and spread their wings. And these three are an example. They talked about uh, the once a year party that, well, I mean, learning experience they have together. And uh, I will guarantee you most of them talk on a very regular basis and they've become a support group for each other that's yeah. even stronger than the support group their parents had when they got into Great Clips. So the future of the brand is in amazing hands simply because we've worked so hard to get this second generation group up and running and help yeah. them take over some of this stuff. So good stuff. I, I agree completely, Jerry. Absolutely. Yeah. That, if I could just say one thing on that, when I got involved in the business, I would go to these, you know, meetings with other franchisees and I'd show up and my dad, you know, he's really shy at home and doesn't, doesn't do much, doesn't talk to a whole lot of people, but we get to these great clips events and he's going around giving hugs to everyone. He sees. I'm like, who is this guy? And now that I'm, I'm five years into the business, I now have my own friends that I've made through this next gen uh, group. So we're extremely blessed at great clips to have, um, you know, Sam's kind of our, our fearless leader, um, kind of connecting us all and, and planning our events. It's an event, a learning retreat, uh, not so much a party. We do have fun, but, um, but that was the single best thing that I've done uh, is going on that trip to get to know people. And now I have people that I can reach out to with questions about anything that's going on. So uh, we're extremely blessed to have um, other, other people in our shoes that we can reach out to. Yeah. Well, I certainly wonder where Sam gets that trait. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm happy she does it. And I have to tell you, um, it really is, inspiring for me as a franchise owner to hear the excitement and the passion that you all have for your business. And I think um, for people out there who are thinking about getting into franchising, you know, I'm kind of, I got in when my kids were very little. Um, matter of fact, one was born like a year in. And, um, you know, we're at that point right now where my middle son is is 16 and he's like well when is that next franchise thing mom do you think i can go because i said hey there are other teenagers your age and a little bit older who are going and they're starting to learn about the business and he's starting to take some business classes in high school and i said you know you're going to have to go to school i want you to do that right i think that's really important it's the right thing to do um but i also want him to be able to start exploring what are some of these options right because what do you all think if you didn't step into your parents businesses what do you think they would do with them? Would they just sell them? I think so. Yeah. I think it probably would have been a, and, and, and a lot of people do look at it as a retirement plan, but um, yeah. that's something that was always, my parents didn't want to have um, business partners. They always wanted it yeah. just to be the two of them. And so it was just kind of something that we always just talked about. And they're like, if you want to get into the business, they did give the opportunity to my other sibling. He did not want to have anything to do with it. Um, yeah. He went down his own path. But, you know, and I've made it very clear to my dad now that I'm at this stage in my life, I'm 45, that I have literally grown up in the business and he respects that. And, you know, we've talked about the future of the business in those terms. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Trey, what about you? Do you have any other siblings that you uh, have yeah, kind of so gone separately? I have three sisters. Um, so I have one older sister a younger sister and a baby sister. So um, the three of us are kind of two years apart. And then we have one that's 10 years younger than us. We call her the oopsie baby. Um, <laughs> uh, but none of them are involved. My youngest sister um, 
is a junior in college right now. She's studying accounting. So I'm kind of hoping that uh, post-college, maybe after a few years in the real world, she comes and gets involved in business to help me out with some of the numbers because it's not my yeah. thing. Um, right. The other two are not involved at all. So uh, had I not gotten involved, I think my dad would probably be somewhere around the point of looking to get out of business. He's, he's well past retirement age at this point. Um, so if, if I wasn't involved, he would probably try to hang on for another couple of years to see if my youngest sister wanted to get involved. But um, yeah, I mean, what else can you do with it? You either close the doors or you sell it. So, um, yeah. you know, one of those options is a lot better than the other. Sure. Sure. And how about you, Alex? Um, I do have a younger brother, just a couple years younger than me. Um, he has, was never interested in joining the business, started his own career and has, and has done that the whole time, despite my best efforts of trying to get him to join. Yeah. Um, had I not got involved in the business, um, we probably wouldn't have grown the way we did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that my, my parents would have seen the need to grow, um, or, or wanted to, you know, exert themselves that much to, to manage sure. that many salons, who knows? Um, but I do know that this was something we we talked about, you know, years before I joined um, and was pretty much the plan at some point to have, have me join. And I was all, I was interested in it from a, from a pretty young age. But this has provided a, a really good um, lucrative lifestyle for you, has it not? Yeah, yeah. I, I sit here at, uh, in Las Vegas uh on the call with you so i guess it's not too bad <laughs> yeah yeah that's Lucky right I think because, because really i mean there's a couple things that i'm sure our listeners are thinking is you know a what's a good time for me to get started if i have kids that like begin that whole process of thinking that are my kids going to want it and then if my kids do how do i get them interested like you know there's this whole process and i look at mine right now as teenagers and go okay well one no so she's off doing her own thing right the second one is most personable, probably the one most likely. And the third, there's not a chance he's got the patience or the interest to do it, right? So a one for three. <laughs> and even with that, you don't really know, right? And so it, it always makes me interested to find out what do you think it is about you that made you choose the business? And it's got to be, I mean, Trace, for you, it's, it's been lucrative, right? You have good work-life balance, Betsy says. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it has been great. Um... Uh, it, it's been challenging. The last three years, uh, it wasn't a great work-life balance. Um, right. And that's the majority of, I've been in for five years, so those three years um, were pretty brutal. But um, but yeah, outside of that, it, it's a, a great opportunity. And uh, I would say if, if someone's out there wondering when their kids should start getting involved, it's never too early. I mean, I got dropped off at baseball practice when I was 10 years old and I'd get picked up and we would go to the salon right over here and I'd put stickers on the mirrors. I'd screw in um, cabinet knobs and uh, sweep hair. Like Betsy said, you know, she was a receptionist. And so me and my yeah. sisters did that. And then all through middle school, high school and college, I was doing some bookkeeping work and, you know, keeping track of vacation hours or, you know, awesome. doing daily reports or whatever I could to support the business. And so I was familiar. So when I got involved, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm doing some of the things that I used to do. And now I see the bigger picture as to what I was actually doing. Uh, whereas before it just kind of seemed like busy work. So um, yeah. yeah, it's never too early. Get your kids involved, if, you know, and if they seem to enjoy it, just kind of follow it down that road and see where it leads. And, so, uh, I'm okay. sorry. 
I was going to say, if I could add, we're really lucky that our franchise door um, has recognized that Gen 2 has started to come into, um, and I'm, I kind of started the path about 13 years ago. I was one of the first Gen 2s to come in, <laughs> and we've really, with Sam's help, we've really helped have Great Clips realize that we are the future, and they've really done a great job behind the scenes creating, um, building your legacy, um, you know, mandatory things for second gen or any franchisees coming in. Um, so I do give a lot of props to them for, you know, understanding that we are the future and we are, you know, if they want this successful, you know, business to continue, you know, let's get us sure. all together and, you know, get us all informed. So I have to give them credit on that. That's important. Well, and that's very interesting. Do you find that when it comes to new and exciting marketing um, plans that you have more of a voice and in terms of like social media, I would think that you all are probably a lot more in tune with those things than maybe, no offense, Jerry, but some of the Gen 1 um, people who don't know how to maybe figure out. <laughs> Do you find yeah. that? And, and, you know, and I am one of the older Gen 2, so there's a lot of things that are interesting and, you know, I didn't think yeah. would work and they do work, you know, so we do have a great, you know, um, marketing department too, thankfully. <laughs> Alex, you're smiling. Are you the baby of the three of you? No, I'm older than Trey. We found that out recently. I was <laughs> nodding that he okay. was old. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Not the oldest though. We just determined no. that too. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I'm super excited. I know that my franchise has a Gen 2, um, group that's coming up and they have this really great camaraderie too and I think that if you're a franchisee out there and you're thinking about getting your kids involved starting starting to take them to your conventions is really a great way um you know Trey and Alex I know that Betsy started going very young but what about the two of you Were, did you start going to conventions at a young age getting to meet each other or how did you begin this relationship uh, I did not start going until um I was involved in the business for a year okay. or two uh, that's when i started attending their first meetings okay yeah and i was i was the same way so once once we acquired the three stores together uh, then i started going and even then i was working full-time at the time um, uh -huh. and so my first year i didn't get to do a whole lot i uh, started going my second year COVID happened and we didn't really have a whole lot of in-person stuff and so really the last two years is when i've started to make um, connections with other second gen people and uh, make friends and uh, so well and I'll point out something really quick I'll kind of tag team on Betsy um, these three and their peers are the future of great clips because it's really easy and some of it's going on right now we all know it's in any business but in franchising in particular post-COVID and staffing issues have caused a lot of businesses to sell out or close People just get the point they don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, so kudos to any franchisee that's made the decision to help bring their second generation in because that's the stable, solid part of, in this case, break clips moving forward because, you know, it, 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 there's only so much consolidation that can go on. In particular, great clips only want somebody to get so big and then that's it. They don't want them to monopolize. So we need a lot of really good, solid performers that are in that uh, you know seven to 30 or 40 unit range something like that that are going to be around a long time again these are younger people than certainly me yeah. 
Uh, my kids can't wait for me to ride off into the sunset and let them do even more than they are right now. So um, this is the future. And, and I give these three kudos for, you know, being strong enough to, let's face it, deal with their parents and the, in some cases, issues with parents giving things over to them. Um, in many cases, trying to take it back sometimes because they're, they're doing it different, badly, just different. And I know these parents of these three in particular, and they're rock solid performers with great clips. Uh, these three are going to take their units to an even higher level than their parents did. And that seriously is the future. So this is, this is great. And I couldn't be happier that Sam invited these three on. It kind of made my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Alex. So go to Betsy and Trey. I want to know what kind of advice you have for young people out there whose parents own a franchise in terms of getting started, getting interested, or jumping into the franchise business? Um, I guess I would say is, is the best thing you do is just talk to your parents, learn about the business um, from the moment you start getting interest. Start finding out what, what things go, are going well, what things are struggling in the business, and just have conversations, bounce ideas off one another. That was kind of where I started with my father. We'd drive to work together, and he would sit here and just pick my brain on how to handle situations that are going on in the salon. Um, and that really, it helps you know what you're getting yourself into and if it is something you'll be interested in. So great. that's a great place to start. Thank you. Betsy? Um, you know, I think a lot of us have in the past um, and some currently, you know, new, new second gens coming in. We kind of fight with this whole silver spoon mentality that can easily be given to us. And I think it, that was something that was very concerning for me. I was a franchisee, you know, 13 years ago, but I did not change the bottom of my email to franchisee. I kept it as general manager until I felt like I really earned it. And that is going in from day one, even when I was a teenager, and doing the job you don't want to do, cleaning the toilets, cleaning the baseboards, doing the grunt work. And that's how you're going to earn the respect from not only the employees, but the managers. And they see that you're not in it as a you know, silver spooner, you're actually in it for the long haul and creating that culture, asking the questions, having the hard conversations with your parents and sitting down and saying, where do you see yourself? How are we going to transition this? And knowing that you guys have strengths and weaknesses and it's okay to have the weaknesses and lean on other people to learn, you know, about those weaknesses that you may have. Um, and nobody's expecting you to know it all. You just have to be available and open to, you know, to learn. That would be my advice. Very good. And Trey, how about you? Yeah, th those are two great pieces of advice. Um, you know, kind of like what Alex was saying, just start having conversations as soon as you think you might be interested. Um, the way it went for me was anytime me and my dad would be together, we're a big Clemson fan, so we'd be riding to games and, you know, he'd come down and go to dinner while I was at college and I would just ask questions, you know, how's business, you know, what do you do with X, Y, and Z? You know, I'd go with them when I was home to, you know, meet with employees. I just would kind of be a shadow for a while. Um, and you don't have to have everything figured out when you get involved. You know, start asking what you can do to help just to get your feet wet without fully committing. You know, what, what reports do you need help with? You know, find your strengths and ask, you know, how you can use your strengths to help the business, even if it's just on a part-time role. Um, and then just kind of keep going. Uh, if you're enjoying it, just keep taking on more and more. That's kind of what I did. And then, um, you know, to Betsy's point, yeah, you, you just got to kind of start from the bottom and not be afraid to, 
to do the jobs no one wants to do. So anytime I would go into a salon, I would go straight to the bathrooms and start cleaning. Uh, I'm the maintenance guy now, so one of the worst parts is uh, hair traps in the shampoo bowls. I get in there and I I clean those out. (laughs) You know, you kind of have to have a a strong stomach and, you know, just suck it up for a few minutes and and do the stuff that stylists don't want to do so you can earn their respect and kind of get past that silver spoon mentality that some might have. Um, But, yeah, just get involved. Um, start doing things and asking questions and um, just learn as you go. That is some great advice. And I, I love the silver spoon mentality because uh, we've talked about that with my kids before too. So, I, you know, I really appreciate all of your time. And I know Jerry appreciates your comments about going right to the bathroom because he talks about that often about being a franchise owner himself. And that's the one thing that he's always keeping an eye on. And um, when we talked about culture and making sure that, you know, they don't see you as the owner. They see you as one of them. And it's so important to keeping your health and having good morale. So I look forward to seeing all three of you and all the great things you guys do in the future and really being future franchise leaders. I think you all have such great places that you're going. And um, thank you all for sharing your time. I hope you win some big money there, Alex, in Vegas. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to gamble big money, but you're supposed to win big money. Start small, build it up. (laughs) Thanks for the invite, Alex. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you see how we did that, right? You guys have a a wonderful, wonderful afternoon, and I can't wait to have you back on again and get some updates and see how your businesses have changed and grown and uh, certainly how you do in the franchise industry. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Good seeing you. Yeah, well, have have a great afternoon. And now we're off to pay the bills. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at FranchiseShow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we'd love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. Uh, hi, Ray. Uh, you ready for our week two of, um, or the, I should say the next week of Pillars Pillar with Ray? I am. I just hope you're not going to do something that's going to make me stumble. <laughs> you are. You are such a such a. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I better not say anything. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> it's all done. So I, I've been listening to you folks for um, years and years and years. And and so as I approach this segment, I look at this as. Um, this is me, what I would be asking you as I go off and uh, attempt to buy a franchise. And so um, we, from my point of view, I don't want to, I don't want to go through what you did for 19 years by 10. I want to be handing it off to, I don't know, somebody else um, mm-hmm. or group or anyways. So if I'm going to buy an existing franchise, I, I, there's, the question I'm, I guess I'm looking at is to answer today is 
what when I go to look at them is I guess my first thing is when I go to look at um, an existing franchise to buy, what are the important factors that I should look at? What are the, I don't know, Kristen would, might call them KPIs, but, um, and I know culture is an important one and that's a whole nother question later down the road, but what are the KPIs? What's the um, important factors to look at of, at when I review potential purchases? Well, the elephant in the room is why? Why is it for sale? Is it a fire sale? Or is it uh, there's something hidden that you don't know about? I would certainly ask that question and try and try to analyze the answer you get. Uh, I think one of the things that you got to remember, if if the person is selling it and they've thought about selling it for a while, they've cleaned the books up. Okay, so there's no uh, you're going to see ideal numbers if if person selling it is is doing their homework um, so you know you, you really can't count too much on those numbers and then if if the numbers aren't I'm going to use the word cooked but obviously it might not be that it might be something else uh, if the numbers look okay um, how can you improve on those I think you not to, you've got to get that in your head before you actually make an offer. In other words, take a look at and see what's wrong. Of course, you don't tell the person you're buying it from, but you, you know you, you you look at the the culture. You look at the if there's employees. You look at the employees. You look at the equipment if there if there's any, and you you say to your yourself self. How can I improve on what's here? In other words, you don't want to buy something and then just run with it. You've got to look at it from a standpoint, okay, if it's doing a million dollars, how can I be doing two million in, in two or three years? What needs to improve? Okay, so I, I like that. And as a follow-up then question is, so let's answer one of the, so I got to I know we got to keep the segment short, but so you hit a couple of things in there that I, I really thought were great. Uh, cooking the books. One of my questions is, and I don't know, maybe we bring in one of our past guests to, as a, a brief person uh, from the accounting for me to say, how do I look for cookbooks? Um, <laughs> cooked books. I, please, people, don't send me in cookbooks. Um, <laughs> And, and and all those things, but I guess uh, so. I know when Jerry Akers bought their great clips, he always said that he didn't want to um, learn how to cut hair, which is you're working in the business or working on the business. Mm -hmm. He wanted to diversify for income. So, how does that play when you say? Because I agree with you, if I. Uh, in a lot of ways, my head would be, um, I want to go in and make a difference and make it improve. If I'm looking for income diversification, I guess how much improvement, you said two years, can I make it 1.5? Right. How does that play into um, your example? 
Well, you you got to start thinking about it. Think with the end in mind. You know, start with the end in mind. In other words, okay, you look at the guy's books. You you figure you figure you, you know. Oh, okay, so uh, a year and a half ago, all of a sudden the numbers dramatically improved. You know, that's kind of a clue right there that that he's you know giving you numbers that could be slightly inflated, uh, and then take that number and put it in your head and say, okay. If I if I do A, B, and C, I could probably double that in a year and a half or two, you know. But you you've got you've got to have that in, the, in your head. In other words, when you go to sleep at night, <laughs> like some some of us crazy people do, they start thinking about things like that. You're muted. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, I'm thinking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you mean if I if I get this uh, franchise we're talking about, about, I can go to sleep? Yes, one of my life goals. So all right, uh, yeah, I, I I know that some of us don't do that, but uh, I do. I still do. Think think about you know how can I can improve things. So what you're saying here is is in this the segment of one of the. Um, one of the KPIs, one of the factors included is what's the room for it to grow to where I want it to based on the involvement I want to put into it. Yeah, you can't put numbers on that so because it depends on the business. I mean, if you're, if you're buying uh, an existing $3 million business, obviously those numbers are going to be different than one that's making you know, $200,000 a year. Okay, I get it. Any other final uh, topics on key KPIs or factors to review before buying a franchise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure we can get somebody on that can uh, qualify some of the things I'm saying, but uh, probably, uh, oh gosh, yeah, we, we probably need to uh, have someone take. Oh, I know what I want to say. I want to say, uh, see if you can find a similar business that is is about the same income range, okay? And compare those KPIs with your KPIs. Excellent. And that can that should it be able to be done by when you do, do you do your due, due diligence, diligence yes. which and of course, the FDD. Yeah, due diligence is a whole other subject. You definitely need to be doing that. You need to be talking to people. If it's a franchise, other franchise owners, if, it, if it's an independent business, you need to be talking about people that surround that business or in that type of business. All right. And whoa. And that's a topic we're going to hit to later. But I just wanted to say that even buying a franchise, you still got to talk to other franchisees via the FDD. They can tell you what you're in for and that was your point yep 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 all right see you next week folks on another episode of pillars pillar with ray <laughs> choose the right opportunity i am elizabeth dunham the chief content officer for pillars of franchising and i'm telling you that um because I am always looking for people with a great story in the franchising space. If you have a great story that you would like to share either in the magazine or on the show, you can fill out our contact form on pillarsoffranchising.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Um, you can choose all of the services that you might be interested in if you're looking to buy a franchise, sell a franchise, become a franchise, if you need mentorship, 
And if you need to get the word out about your business, we have a lot of a variety of sponsorships for you. So be sure to visit our website, like, subscribe, and share this show. And we appreciate every comment and every engagement that you offer. Um, so be sure to visit our website at pillarsoffranchising.com. Kristen, would you like to re-say that but so people could hear you? Or would you like to be called Elizabeth? Holy moly, again. Is it Friday yet? Yes. So, Turn away! Oh, boy, it's past five. We want to thank you all for joining us on Pillars of Franchising today, and especially our special guest, Serena Close with Shelf Genie. And a huge thank you to our group of great clips, second generation, Betsy Mishumina. I know I slaughtered that, Betsy. I'm so sorry. And to Alex Harris and Trey Bullard. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you to Ray Pillar and Jerry Akers, our Million Dollar Mentors, and to Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Denham, our producers. I am Kristen Schell, Messi, and together we are your resource for franchising success. And please remember, this has been Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts.